0: I'm John Gilligan. For today's Atelier Balmain, we are speaking from Olivier Roustan's incredible Penthouse office over the rooftops of Paris, and we're here about to speak to him about his very impressive fall 2023 collection.
1: I am Olivier Roustan. Welcome to my world. Welcome to my world. Bienvenue à l'Atelier Balmain. Bienvenue à l'Atelier Balmain.
0: For today's Baumann podcast, we are actually in the beautiful, beautiful offices of Olivier looking over the rooftops of Paris. Seb and I are here. We're sitting with Olivier. We're actually going to talk before Olivier heads out on vacation for the summer about some of his latest shows. First, we're going to begin talking about the fall-winter 2023 show, which was filled with a lot of changes, but also built on a lot of history for Baumann. So first of all, hey, Olivier, <laughs> thanks for having us here today. It's great to see you again. Hi, John.
1: I mean, it's always a pleasure. It's been, I don't, know, I don't know how many podcasts we have done together, but I mean, every time it's so exciting. And today is, again, more exciting, I think, because as you mentioned, you are in my beautiful office in Paris, and that's going to be the theme of our podcast in a way.
0: Perfect. Thanks, Olivia. So the first question, if we can talk about the Fall 23 collection, which was a major success for you, you... Built a lot on heritage of the house, but you also started out with kind of a surprising concept for your runway show because you're known for your Balmain festivals, for your amazing over-the-top um, presentations with celebrities and everything just sparkles, shines, and wows. And you took it down to a whole nother dimension for the last show. You set it in a beautiful... Old market in the third arrondissement of Paris, and you limited it to just a few of your closest friends and some of the most important people, the fashion press, and I think the total was 250 people in this enormous space, and they just sat on couches while your models walk through the space with your latest collection. Could you explain what, what, what was the motivation for you to make such a big change in your presentation and your runway? I mean, such an interesting question. You know, I would like to um,
1: to read you a review that I got from Katie Horan, which I think can be really interesting because she mm-hmm. mentioned the idea of me being for a decade at Barma. And you know, she said, Olivier Roustin made his name nearly a decade ago by dressing the Kardashians and being an, an early adopter of social media. And more recently, he has done over-the-top shows worthy of a stadium, as you mentioned, John is choice of venue last fall complete with a cameo appearance by Cher and clothing with a heavy street and pop culture influence well goodbye to all of that <laughs> I, you know what I think it's not a goodbye but it's definitely a switch and a change for me you know? I think mm-hmm. what is interesting for me in, in my decade at Barman is surprising people but surprising myself most of all and let's say um, it's been years that I've been known for pop culture and my uh my love for the street my love for for um as you mentioned grandiose you know like for me fashion is a fireworks and when Mm -hmm. i have worked on six months on the collection it's obvious that i want to do a festival and share with everybody Mm -hmm. and mix music pop culture Um, i'm always mentioning that i'm the witness of my time and and so of course my last stadium show was I think more than 20,000 people, fireworks around, having share, Mm -hmm. it was a really, really impressive moment. But you know what I realized through my decade as well is that sometimes because there's so much lights and there's so much fireworks around your work, people really forget your DNA and why you're here for. Mm. And why I'm here for is for my craft, is for my tailoring, is for such an amount of hours that I'm working with all my teams to make uh-huh. the most precise and what I would try to say perfect show that I have in mind. Mm-hmm. And for that, you understand that you need to be really close to the show. You need to be really close to the to the, to the clothes, to the accessories. You need to see them, to digest them and to to see the, the incredible savoir-faire of the house. So I decided in a way to kind of, I wouldn't say step back, but I would say change a bit. Like the vision that people have sometimes about me, you know, mm-hmm. I think sometimes they will expect me again to have like sky's the limit and everything is shining va va you know. <laughs> but you know, I am the most, Shy person, if people knows me, mm-hmm. and I feel really good as well with uh, 250 people in the room. Mm. It's not gonna be a goodbye of my stadium. I mean, sorry, Katie, <laughs> but it will be definitely. Um, I would say, let's say a beautiful pose uh, that we say in French to just remind people
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I love love working in my atelier, and so. Welcome to a new Salon Parisien, an homage to Pierre Balmain, an homage to Paris, because you remind me the early 50s when you had an incredible salon and you presented it to your clients directly and to your press. This is what I'm aiming for now.
0: Interesting. Because it's interesting you talked about, the. I had the same feeling when you, when you looked at the show and you watched the models and you saw people really paying so much attention to the couture-like details of each clothes. And I think it, clicked with this collection in particular because you spoke a lot about how this collection marked more than ever a focus on the heritage of the house and how important the house heritage has been for you the past couple seasons and you had some interesting points where you talked about when you first started I don't know like was it 12 years ago 13 years ago when you first interviewed for a position at this house and you said someone or a group of people told you that Bauman was really a a sleeping giant resting on an incredible richness that people um, d- hadn't really rediscovered yet. And so you mentioned how this c- collection was all about your love of rediscovering that richness of the archives. No?
1: Yeah, I think I think the world that you mentioned that I'm obsessed with is discovering. I love discovering the world. I love discovering countries I love discovering my origins I love discovering so many things in life I'm one of the most curious person in the world I think but at the same time I love discovering the past Mm. I love and it's still for me a travel travel in in time Mm -hmm. you know after 12 years of career at Barma I mean I think going through the archives and the heritage of Barma and it's kind of like like having a long journey of traveling around the world, it's the same feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's something that I realized through my career. I started thinking, I really want that the people understand my DNA and what I have in mind and what is my mm-hmm. taste and my vision for fashion. And I realized that today I became really famous in a way. And you know, I kind of like in, people knows me for what I have done, uh-huh. but I feel that they should as well know what Monsieur Pierre Balmain have done before me because I would never be here without him. So what I try to do now, it's true. Um, you know, in French, we say to rendre à César ce qui appartient à César, and which means like bring giving back to Monsieur Pierre Balmain what he has created b- way before me. Mm. And I think with the people that, follows me on social media with like the incredible generation that, that uh had have, have followed me from the beginning, mm-hmm. I want to tell them that, of course, I have incredible celebrities around me. I have built that incredible barman army, mm-hmm. but there was a barman army before. There was an incredible craft before, and there was an incredible vision before. And so this is what I'm aiming for now, like remind people that Monsieur Pierre Balmain was a genius.
0: And I think what the... I think the first thing that hit everybody of those 250 people in that beautiful space was the impeccable silhouettes, the strong, beautiful, very much Parisian couture cut and tailoring. So that is what I think the press focused on, and obviously that was a big focus on of your designs. Can you speak about why it was so important for you to return to, or not so much return to, but emphasize that distinctive Balmain silhouette for this collection? I
1: feel like there is a real comeback to Paris. Mm. But there is, I love, because I saw the last season collections from different brands and obviously designers, and I think we kind of like all of us who had a great heritage in the house, there is that feeling and that strength of going back to Origins. Interesting. You know, I think we are going through a moment in, in time where there's so much uncertainty about the future. Mm -hmm. Like we went through a COVID, we went through so many fights in the streets. We are going through Mm -hmm. a lot of, I would say a a slow revolution. Okay. But that has to be made. And, um, And I feel that as a designer, I feel in a way more secure to a bit go back in time to do a break, you know, and just say, okay, let's go for security mm. there is always something about the past that makes you feel more secure you mm, know true. and i think it's interesting as well as a business point of view you know like the houses that work the most right now are the houses that have a strong heritage yeah. because you buy not only a, a bag or a shirt or a dress you're actually buying a piece of the past the present and you know that it's going to be available for the future it's going to have value for the future mm. So what i'm trying to say is that this coming back to paris it's as well as a point of view like let's start let's refresh okay let's think about the future but let's do one step back to just remember what was the past of the city and the city was known for an incredible craft it was known for like being a laboratory of fashion and experimenting to find the best silhouettes to actually like challenging the codes that there were in the society okay so I think like the silhouette that you have seen from my show was an homage to the new French style and an homage to the jolie madame Mm -hmm. Uh, really sharp and strong silhouettes definitely but with a really the twist of what is 2023 for me Mm. and so all of that together became the new Balmain silhouette inspired by the old Balmain silhouette interesting and this is what is Paris yesterday Paris today and my vision for Paris tomorrow
0: Mm. There, yeah and what also was interesting in addition to that focus on that strength of Baman's heritage with its silhouette with that incredible Parisian tailoring was you focused on some of Pierre Baman's favorite signatures you know you brought back well you've done this before but you really played with the polka dot you played and the bows were incredible the pl- the placement of the bows the inventiveness of the bows and the and the sizing and the and just playfulness of it all but also in a couture sense and then obviously the pearls the pearls were obviously set this collection apart as well can you talk about how you played with those signatures and brought them into your collection
1: yeah i think i think you know like there are many Lexic, I would say, many vocabulary mm-hmm. um, that defines what is French, what is couture, what what is, let's say, um, a specific craft, you know. And okay. I think Bauman has been known for pearls, has mm-hmm. been known for polka dots, has been known for black and white, has been known for a really tiny waist and emphasizing the shoulders. So. In a way like what you have seen and that was like as well sorry colors like colors like a really strong bold red and fuchsia a strong green um always um broken with like some black or some really like ivory white you know Mm -hmm. so i think i think this is what defines a bit the house you know there are many codes um that are really french and there are many codes that belongs only to few houses in Paris. Mm. Polka dots is one of the codes that Monsieur Pierre Balmain was really owning, and it's something that I'm always pushing, and even in my next collection. Oh, okay, I think polka dots is really part of our vocabulary. Mm. So I think it's really interesting when you go back to the archives, you see like some patterns and some texture and some craft and some embroidery, and you kind of remodernize them for today, mm. but still remember the precision and the perfectionism that there was in the past.
0: So this is what I do, and that's what you have seen in my last show. Interesting. Well, it's not only just your last show, because, I mean, anyone who bought the recent copy of French Vogue has seen really how you... I mean, it must become because you're working at the same time, but you're that incredible couture collection that you designed in partnership with Beyoncé. So one thing that comes across in that is, obviously, you two are working as a team, but so much of the Balmain heritage... Is evident in those incredible designs. You have the tailoring, but you also have like the the cover of the magazine with that incredible play with pearls, and in such a modern way to make that incredible polka dot pattern and the typical Balmain couture hat. So, how was it for you to work on these two collections, and also what you've finally done for Beyoncé's tour, the Renaissance tour? So much of the Balmain heritage comes through in those incredible creations you've made for the performances so how much how do you how did you do it how did you did it just flow out of you was there any division between the two how did Beyonce react to the Balmain heritage can you speak a little bit about that we haven't had a chance to talk about those collections
1: yeah it's so true I mean I don't know I mean I don't know what to say because it was such a dream to work with B Be- with Beyoncé. I know? imagine it was just like a dream come true. Mm. Um how it's st- how did it start? I mean I think it was just me having a dream of sketching listening to her new album the okay. Renaissance. I mean I I remember it was around September or mm-hmm. October like no actually around September because um It was before my fashion show that we just mentioned. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of them, sorry. No, we didn't mention actually this one, sorry. (laughs) I don't remember. I have so many shows through the year. Right, doesn't stop. But I remember I was sketching and my show. And at one point, I was just listening so much her music and Mm. the new album. And I start to sketch, just like sketching with no... With no, you know, with no goal, just mm-hmm. like sketching and sketching. And I, I realized that at one point, all my sketches were really couture. Okay. And as you mentioned, you know, there was that kind of heritage and the past of the house mm-hmm. with the pocket dots, with those huge hats from Monsieur yeah. Klaibarman that he has done and that Eric Mortensen retaken, did uh, did retake, like he retake it like um, in the 80s. So, you know, like it was like a mix of couture, a mix of today, a mix of the past, a mix of her music, just like just a mix of so many (laughs) things. You know, when you start to sketch, like almost like closing your eyes and you just have you envision that silhouette Mm. that you don't know what you create, but you just create just for the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. And at one point when I realized that I have done like around like 50 sketches (laughs) listening to her songs and weirdly like you know maybe there was like 10 sketches that was based on one song another sketch that was based on another song okay at one point i call her and i call her stylist marnie senaforte and i was just like what about if we create a couture collection together inspired Mm -hmm. by your album and so it will be the renaissance couture by barman i think it was such a surprising and i like an expected idea Mm -hmm. that She was like, oh my God, but no one had ever done that? I was like, I don't think so. And at that point we were just like, wow so let's create that collection together mm-hmm. so first step was like sending the sketches she okay. was in LA I was in Paris and after she had to move for different like for the studios she was recording her album working like nonstop stop on, mm-hmm. on actually the, the entire album and um, and so we went like back and forth once a week like talking about our collection like what she loved as a color like what can be that shape like sending um, the craft like all the samples you know and it was like really an interesting and exciting back and forth and and you know like he's like my partner you know like in a way we are like uh my dream partner like when i get i mean imagine if i i would never believe that at 15 years old i would say oh my god i sketch a collection with b you know like it was <laughs> just like but that's what we have done for the for six months back and forth okay. and and at one point happened vogue you know vogue france uh-huh. so I know that maybe it sounds cheesy for many people that's going to hear what I'm going to say, but, you know, having a vocal cover from your country, it's kind of like a stamp of your passport, Mm -hmm. like of your fashion passport, I would say. Like, I have... It has been so hard in my career and from the beginning of my childhood to, to, you know, all those fights that I have done. You know, I come from Bordeaux. I have been adopted. Half Ethiopian, half Somalian. Like, I had a fight with the entire world about... (laughs) about like just you know neighbors like understanding i'm french Mm. and you will not ever tell me that i'm not you Mm. know and yeah i'm adopted and yes you know my parents uh, i don't know my biological parents and but you know i am french and so that's that was like my fight from the beginning against so many racism in the country and so when you realize that you are in the fashion industry where when i started 10 years ago 12 years ago i was the only black a uh, French designer and, and, you know, again, you know, it was like, I'm a French couturier. Mm-hmm. And when you get your Vogue cover, Vogue France, it's like your f- French fashion <laughs> passport. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it's a recognition, you know, it's um it's a moment of my life where I just feel like I made it. Mm. And on top of that, with Beyonce on the cover wearing my couture. And you know what I wish is that Pierre Barman from 1945, when he started the house, wakes up in 2023 and look at me and say, thank you, or I'm proud, or Mm -hmm. you've made it, we've made it. Because, you know, it's not easy from a house that is 1945 to have such a long journey. And, and as you mentioned at the beginning of podcast, it was a beauty giant, sleeping beauty, you know, like, Uh um, but I think this sleeping beauty woke up. Yeah with yeah. me and and I'm proud to say that in twenty twenty three the house is known as a great awareness and I thank Beyonce to to be part of it because we keep the legacy of the house together and Mr Pierre Bama had like Josephine Baker as a muse, you know, mm-hmm. I have Beyonce. Yeah and and this is just like keep the house having its strength and is. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, future
0: it's incredible also the fact that I mean you mentioned you are the first black designer for a historic house a Paris couture house but also that this collection was I think the first designed with by a, a black woman so Absolutely. and to see those beautiful designs on the cover of Vogue made it even stronger because of the historical importance it's incredible
1: I think you know like Beyonce has definitely been the first black woman to have a couture collection and to create a couture collection. And this is, as you mentioned, something that people need to remember. As well, I think she might be the first like singer as well to have created a collection, a couture collection. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is um there's a lot of first, you know. Yeah. But there's a lot of more than first, there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of revolution happening. And this is what I'm I'm here for, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dream is to wake up one day and maybe if I'm not anymore in fashion, I know that I created a, like say a direction and a, I've been a guide of a new generation that will not have to have the same fights that I had or Beyonce, you know? Mm-hmm. Because what we are doing here in this world is to create a path and a strength for the next generation. Mm-hmm. So whatever people would ever say about me, you know, I would always say, I think,
0: you know, I've, I've been here for a reason. mm mm-hmm. No, it's fascinating. That's no, no, it's amazing because you've always been very discreet. And I know you have faced difficulties, especially when you began. So I can imagine how moving it was to see that cover, to, to realize where you've arrived mm. with your <laughs> heritage of this house. Yeah. So move, moving on to the next question, um, another piece of heritage came out in this collection, and it was beautiful. You played... You often stress about Pierre Bauman's graphics um, genius. You've resurrected some of his more important um, patterns that have been lying in the archives for years, and you pulled another one out for this collection that one of it must have been his very, very last amazing graphic pattern from the beginning of the 80s, I think it is, or the end of the 70s. Um, it looked amazing. You covered some incredibly bags, some even a toolkit with this pattern. Could you talk about this new pattern and the importance that maybe the graphic history that Pierre Baman left behind for you and the importance of modernizing it for your collections? yeah, I think I think this monogram the pattern
1: that you're mentioning mm-hmm. is belongs to the house since I think seventies and okay. and As we mentioned before, Bauman was a sleeping beauty. So many people didn't know this monogram Mm -hmm. pattern. So, you know, so many houses in France have great monograms. Yeah. um, And some are more known than some others. I mean, my role was to remind people, actually not remind because maybe people didn't even know that. So actually to make them discover that we had a monogram early Mm -hmm. seventies, you know? Yeah. it's so interesting and fascinating to see like the richness of the house because we had like obviously a craft that we mentioned, a savoir-faire that was really rich, but so many codes um, and I would say logos and and patterns that were so strong and famous at the time, uh-huh. but again were sleeping, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so now what I'm doing it's to rem- to 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 make them discover with the same excitement that I discover them. It yeah. was really interesting. I found. In a vintage store, like a couple of months ago, I remember, like in Paris, that old notebook, where the cover was um, in—I think it was like—it was fake leather, okay—but um, with that PB repeated, okay, and it was done on a br- on the brown mm. on the brown background, okay, with a really strong black, okay, and it was just. So interesting it must because be so exciting to run across so like exciting because you know it's just like oh my god i mean this did this, this existed and i didn't mm-hmm. find in the archives before like that i knew that so after okay. i did a huge research and we found an incredible incredible luggages incredible like yeah. you know almost like a lifestyle mm-hmm. products i was yeah. like wow um after i found more than a notebook i found. I think an agenda, like where you have, you know, like the dates and, and that was really interesting because it was like 76 or something Mm -hmm. like (laughs) Monday, Monday, whatever, like January 23rd, 1976. It was just so weird. And, you know, to see all those notebooks and agendas where you have those dates and, Mm. and so it's just so incredible when when a house has a history and you can talk about it and you can people and people can discover with you that and this was an incredible moment of my of my career
0: because yeah what what's really exciting is the way i mean it must be amazing for you to go through this incredible archives and also discover the things in paris at the at the vintage shops and but what i think is really amazing and you pointed this out several times is that Pierre Baman himself said we're not simply ever going to just keep reintroducing something always. It always has to be made for today. You can't look at an old style and just do something that would have been, that just recreates an old style. So even in your, well, especially in your last collection, what was incredible was to see you take this silhouette, to see you take these codes and signatures, to see you take this new pattern and make it really... With new with new materials and new little riffs on on pop culture or music or different cuts, make it very very modern, very for today. So you've taken this incredible seventy five year heritage, but you definitely are making things for today, right? Absolutely, I think
1: today is such an exciting moment, and it's in an, such an exciting world. You know, I mean, with all what we are going through, which is like really sad you know there is Mm -hmm. something about today that we are here to give hope we are here to fight for hope we are here to believe in the future and i think as you mentioned um whatever i take as a reference from the past i make it for today Mm. and not only today i would say for tomorrow Mm -hmm. so what i'm trying to do now is to really reinterpret the codes uh, bringing them to the present and making sure that they're going to have a longevity into the future it's like a, such a weird, uh, uh, mathematic in a way because you never know what's gonna, what people's gonna keep in their mind and in their memories. But it's such an exciting challenge to m- make sure that the new generation will resonate with Bauman and all the codes that we create today. No,
0: you're definitely adding to this history for the for the future of years, right?
1: You know, I think. I think you know it's maybe something really personal i would say it's like i imagine i think all my career all my life you know i i was trying to find a reason why i'm here and like in on this planet you know because Mm -hmm. i mean you can you know you can have boyfriend girlfriend you can have kids you can have you know you build a family you have so many incredible things that makes you feel you have your feet on the ground and Mm -hmm. you And you have almost a mission, you know. I think my mission in my life has always been to give something to this world and say that people will remember me, you know. Like, I'm here for a reason. My mission is to make sure that I have done something for this world and when I can leave this planet, I would just be like, okay, I think I've done my job, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think for Obama, it's kind of the same thing where I'm not looking more personal but more professional. I'm really trying to make sure that I have done my role in a way that new generation will know the name mm-hmm. and we'll see barman as many other brands that were we are not in the sleeping beauty concept let's say and say okay we know Bama. we love Bama. and Bama has a strong dna and obviously after this dna becomes an heritage mm-hmm.
0: so this is what i'm doing and that's what i wake up every morning
1: i think when mm. i come back to work that's
0: amazing. Yeah. and part of that um updating of this incredible history and making your own legacy and even on the cover of the Vogue we just referenced were the plays you made on these incredible accessories you must have pulled from the archives is incredible hats especially, but also the shoes and the and the bags. the archives the accessories for this collection were really, really strong um, And I think most people focused on the hats which were incredible. So could you talk a little bit about those hats what? what what really inspired you with the hats, and I know you had an interesting partnership on some of them, and also you've carried in carried your twist on the hats into Beyoncé's Renaissance tour and also the collection.
1: I mean, hat is always something I'm been obsessed with. I'm mm-hmm. wearing a cap. I mean, I don't wear a hat, but I mean, <laughs> it's still a hat. Um, I think I think it's always a great great way to define a silhouette, you know, mm-hmm. and to almost like make your silhouette more into a precision of a perfectionism. Um, and Monsieur Pierre Baman was obsessed with hats, like from different hats. Like there was beret, turbans. Um, there were like so many incredible hats that I always loved. Mm-hmm. And this show was definitely the I, the one that I could really bring back, that really giant hats. That's cool, that's very cool. It, yeah. I love those hats. And I love those hats with the earrings. It was really like defining the oh, silhouette. Yeah, yeah. I think this was clearly the signature of the french style and the jolie madame silhouette and what i love about those hats as well is that Monsieur pierre Balman was making them as well in embroidery mm-hmm. so it was all of those kind of ingredients that when you bring them together okay. kind of define the Bauman silhouette but what i love the most of those hats that i collaborated with stephen jones mm-hmm. and and when i call him which stephen is like obviously one of the most incredible Artists uh, that have made hats for so many incredible houses for so long that when you work with him, you're almost like with the legend. You know, it's like (laughs) you're like with the most iconic. Uh, artist. No, elf. it must be cool to work with him. Yeah, Yeah. and so when I ask him, he's like, of course I'm going to do. And <laughs> so we did a back and forth between London and Paris to reinterpret the hats of Monsieur Pierre Balmain. And we had a great journey together. And and I know that for the next show we're going to work again together. Like you're building a real relationship. And again, that's what I was telling you about the legacy. When you work with Stephen, you know that your heart that has been built maybe in 1950s, you bring back with Stephen in 2023. Mm-hmm. will have, you know, will have his own world like people will remember in 2070.
0: Yeah. And that's what I love. No, they're very strong. You definitely topped off some incredible outfits with some incredible hats. So just a couple... Well, it feels like it was just the next day, but just a few weeks later, you had your men's presentation. Maybe I can't remember how close it was to your regular runway. But there were so many... Echoes from what we just went through. The presentation was so intimate, so beautiful. Um, again, it was even more intimate because it was limited to a very small amount of people. And then you base so much on the house heritage, on the first men's collections. The first of all, I guess we can talk about the the staging. You chose. A really iconic space in Paris to show your men's collection and and people loved this kind of uh, laid-back atmosphere can you talk a little bit about that presentation yeah I mean I love this presentation so
1: much because um, I just didn't want to do a normal fashion show I really wanted to again that people can see the craft and the really important cuts of the collection and people get closer to the my barman DNA that I have built for the men you know Mm -hmm. I think My man is like a new dandy. He's so Uh chic. He's so French with an international twist. He has that kind of like glam, fierce, but at the same time elegant, and and talks to the world, you know, Mm -hmm. because he's bringing so many incredible uh, elements from around the world and that build his own silhouette. You know, I think again, you mentioned the heritage, and I brought as well the heritage of the house into the pattern and the. Cut, uh trying to do what would be a jolly monsieur instead of a jolly madame mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. this is really important for me that's why as well i decided to not put my men's wear and my women's wear shoulder which i did for the last three years i think okay um because i think people need to really understand as well uh, the strength of the man on its own. Mm-hmm. Because when you throw him in the, in the um, during a women's wear fashion week, you know, people are always more focused on my women's wear, which yeah. is great. But I think I wanted to give as well the importance of my men's wear mm-hmm. uh, during that week. Um, I I really enjoyed that Regina Hotel because it was, as you mentioned, one of the oldest hotel and bar in Paris. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, it's like an homage to the City of Lights. Mm-hmm. And this collection was really Parisian, my Paris. And yeah. what is great is that there's not one Paris. Sometimes I love because the press always like think there's one kind of Paris. There's so many
0: Paris. Mm-hmm. And one is different than the other. And that's what is beautiful about Paris. And I love that there were so many crossovers between the men's collections and the women's collection because this was clearly all about tailoring The tailoring was so sharp and so perfect on the men's and like and i guess being in the regina bar was the perfect place to really look at what you did about for these incredible flares for beautiful smokings for the plays you had with the the new pattern for example um and then of course you had you played with the same signatures we saw in the women's, the bows, the pearls, the polka dots. Could you talk about the where the inspiration for men's coming from and how this crossover between men's and women's, how important that was for you?
1: Um, I think this goes to a more let's say a bigger question which is mm-hmm. the crossover between a man and a woman is beyond my collection. I think it's like in general like um, I grown up with the idea of when I started my career, you know doing like what we call the boyfriend jeans for a girl or <laughs> the men's sweat jacket for a girl right, and you know when you grow up with that kind of vision that the girl can only that only the girl can borrow to the mm-hmm. man you know, I just feel like this is so cliche and old, you know, I yeah. think like a man could borrow something from his girlfriend mm-hmm. and and i'm 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 saying from his girlfriend, you know because I believe that sometimes when a guy wants to have you know like to want to listen to his feminine aspect you know people's going to judge his uh his sexuality Mm -hmm. and what i'm happy with the new generation it's um a generation that will just be free of being who he wants to be dressed the way that he wants to dress Mm -hmm. without being judged for his sexuality whatever he's straight gay you know like Mm -hmm. like I think this is this is a new reality that is happening in the fashion world, and I hope that it's going to keep growing, and people will feel more free to be who they want to be. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I could see my silhouettes get more, let's say, more tight, and you know, like uh, maybe you know, there is oversized bows, and the guy's going to wear a polka dot. He's going to wear like an incredible flare pants, just because it's. Um, we have to stop with the men, the cliche of a man, you know, mm-hmm. and. And I think the idea of a man borrowing to his girlfriend or to a girl something from the, from, from his wardrobe, her wardrobe, you know, there's something that to me feels so real, so today, the same way that maybe was shocking years and years ago, like, let's say decades ago when a woman was trying to dress like a man, you know, Uh I feel like it's time for the man to do whatever he wants as well, you know, Mm. and, and... And it will help the world to actually like I think it will help the men to listen more his feminine side and and feeling proud of it you know i mm-hmm. think that's what i'm doing with my collection and i don't think it's only the feminine side is like as well a more sophisticated concept i can see the new generation it fe- feels so more free to be who they want to be imagine, than yeah. maybe like 10 years ago and i think this is what i am proud of my menswear like taking back the heritage of the house bringing some feminine codes keeping mm-hmm. some masculine codes uh bringing like the pattern logo keeping the embroideries and and at the end, being the new dandy of 2023, you know this is what I'm I'm doing with my menswear. And I'm really proud of the l- last collections because um, because I think it's more me and it's more like the men that I really think
0: it's the right one to to push. It's mm. interesting. Very great. So, Livy, thanks. Um, it was good to go through this big, well, interesting couple of changes you've introduced in your presentations and really almost your turning up the volume on your focus on heritage for the house and it'd be fun to see (laughs) how you'd push it further or not for your next collection which i'm sure you you've already got some thoughts on right now but thanks for talking to us today and we'll be talking to you in a couple days i think again to talk about your latest resort collection and which i'm looking forward to thanks olivier thank you john talk to you soon bye